This is Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on all the cool, nerdy happenings at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond. From books and concerts to search engines and story times, the library nerds are in and ready to show you that being a nerd can be cool. Get ready, get set, get nerdy. Welcome back to Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on everything cool that's happening at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond straight out of the mouths of the people who know it best, library nerds. My name is Marty Ackett, and I'm the Adult Programming Coordinator for Peter White Public Library. Joining me in the guest nerd chair this week, all the way from Bloomington, Indiana, is one of everyone's favorite nerd guests, formerly of the reference desk at Peter White, Madeline Bitter. Welcome back to the Nerd Clubhouse, Madeline. I'm so happy to be back, Marty. And I'm so happy to be able to see your face and talk with you again. You know, it's been almost two months since you departed from the reference desk for tropical Bloomington, but I want you to know that I still sense your presence in Peter White every once in a while. Sometimes it's a book about UFOs I come across or judging new books by their covers, which was one of our favorite pastimes when you were at the desk, you know, <laughs> and, and other times it's an Alice Hoffman book that jumps off the shelf into my hands. I'm so interested to find out about your favorite haunts in your new hometown. Yes, I'm giving you hints as to what Madeline and I will be talking about today. Um, before we try to conjure up what's on your mind, Madeline, we need to play another game of Word on the Nerd. You know how this goes. I'm going to ask you three library nerd questions about yourself, and you have to answer them for the listeners. So, Madeline, are you ready to play Word on the Nerd? Madeline, this is going to be a little game of Would You Rather. I'm going to ask you three Would You Rather questions, and you have to truthfully answer them. And all of the questions this time have to do with things that are haunting. So here we go. Here's your first question. Would you rather walk through a graveyard at midnight or spend the night in the Amityville Horror House? Ooh. Yeah, that's a pretty good question. I want to do both. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, you got to pick one. Which okay. one would you I think I think the graveyard one would be more fun. Okay. Why why do you think it would be See, I didn't expect you to say it would be more fun. I'm not thinking like, <laughs> "Oh, she's going to be so excited to do both of those." Yeah. So, why why are you saying like uh, the graveyard one is more fun, but you'd want to do both. Yeah. So I kind of like the idea of being outside so I could run away. Okay. All if right. If I need to. And also if it's outside, it could be a little more of a camping trip, maybe. Oh, I see. I don't okay. like camping. So I feel like if you combine ghosts and graveyards and camping, that's like, that's like I the want perfect that to be my trinity. The, the perfect trinity of things that you can do outside, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I, and, and plus, if you are in the Amityville Horror House and things start happening, you're kind of screwed. You're just mm -hmm. stuck inside. Uh -huh. so, and there's no and there's no saying that ghosts are actually going to show up at a graveyard or anything creepy happen in a graveyard, isn't it? Right. You know, most of the time when you're doing something like that, it's just your own imagination that gets the best of you. Mm -hmm. so, and most of the um, time it's like squirrels and stuff breaking branches and whatever. So it's not so bad. Okay. So <laughs> using that logic, Madeline, I will agree with you. Um, although I have heard that, you know, these stories of, well, let me tell you a little thing about the Amityville Horror. Okay. Okay. So um, one of my best friend's mothers um, is from New York State, mm -hmm. and, um, and she is friends with um, someone who was friends with the Lutzes, the two, the couple that um, 
supposedly the first um <gasps> that uh, from the Amityville horror um, whoa yeah so she was and um that and the Lutzes George and I can't even remember what her his wife's name was but the Lutzes actually told um uh my friend's mother that um they just made everything up to make money I have heard that yeah so, I have um, heard that so yeah you know maybe and I know that people have been living in in that house for mm -hmm. um, for a very long time and the only thing that's annoying about the house is the people that come up and knock on the door wanting to come inside I believe it yeah so, so um but I'm sorry there was still um a multiple homicide in the house that's still really scary <laughs> So I, I just don't think I would want to live in a house where yeah. there was a multiple homicide. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> the I'm... idea of being where that happened scares me more than it might be haunted. Exactly. So yeah. I, I just wouldn't take the chance. So it's a cemetery all the way for me as well. So okay. <laughs> all right. So second question. Would you rather get abducted by Norman Bates? Or abducted by Leatherface. Now, for those of people out there who are not horror movie fans, Norman Bates is the killer in Psycho, and Leatherface is the chainsaw wielding maniac in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, I'm gonna have to go with Leatherface. Okay, why Leatherface? I would rather someone be outwardly just off their rocker on mm -hmm. all fronts and not even trying to be appearing as a normal, like a regular person. Norman mm -hmm. Bates kind of has more of that subtle undertone, spooky evil, while Leatherface is just, you all know, out, wheeling yeah. and dealing insanity, just throwing everything at you all at once i think i'd rather go with him because i but wouldn't want to get like tricked by norman bates or well, something here's the question though which one do you stand a chance of escaping more leatherface mm. or norman bates can norman bates run fast um well <laughs> you know run? what if he's not wearing a woman's dress and a wig I don't think he's going to come after you that much. Okay. So, I mean, if, as long as he's not, uh, he's not his mother, you know, yeah. then I think that you're safer with Norman Bates than you are. Okay. With leather, because Leatherface, if he's there, he's coming at you no matter yeah. what, you know? So I guess the way. I guess the way it was worded the first time, like which yeah. one would you rather, rather get be abducted. abducted by? So I'm just assuming I'm meeting my demise. So okay. I have to pick one. Yeah. So that's what I kind of took that as. But if it's in the terms of escape, then definitely Norman Bates. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and frankly, Leatherface is much more big and imposing and huge. Whereas Norman Bates is tinier, you know, and um, maybe like a little we could bit tussle more. a little more. Exactly. So if yeah. you actually were trying to escape from an abduction, my ch chances are that Leatherface is going to have you strung up on a meat hook before Leatherface <laughs> comes at you, uh, before Norman comes at you with the butcher knife. That's um, a good point. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's I, I'm going with Norman Bates all the way on that one. So. All right. So last question. Would you rather know how you die or when you die? I feel like you've asked me this question before. Oh, really? I think okay. you might have. I generally I, don't ask this question because I think it's uh, I think it's kind of creepy to think either it is one. it is creepy. And I think last time I picked how how you die. Okay. I think this time around, I'd rather do when. so because okay. I have things I want to cross off the list before oh, I so gotta get to that bucket list. so let's yeah, let if 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 it's coming soon, Let's start crossing them off. Then. Right. That way I can like tell people I love them. I can make big gestures mm. that are just, mm. I can drain my savings account on something dumb or something that I really want to do. Yeah. Like really go out with a bang. I, you know what? I totally, 
you know, I, at first I was like, when I think about this question, I was like, yeah, maybe how, because if it's like some disease that could be prevented or something that then maybe I can change the course of how, mm. how I die. But mm. also when you die, what if you'd like, are, what if you find out like when you're crossing this street on this day, you get struck by a car and killed. Well, what if you just don't go by that street? Are you yeah. still going to die right. that day? Um, is somehow the universe going to steer your course to that street no matter what? Like, yes. is destiny written out in stone or mm-hmm. can you change it a little? See, and this is this just brings up all those philosophical questions about <laughs> fate and uh-huh. whether whether, you know, you can there is such a thing as fate or whether it's all sort of random acts of weirdness in mm-hmm. the universe. So, I mean, are you really fated to die on that day if you change the course of your life or are you really fated to die in the way that you know you're supposed to die if you mm-hmm. change your life? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a hard one to answer. It's a big question mark, but I'm going to go with when for this okay. time around. All right. When <laughs> and it if is you then. ask me it again, it'll probably switch. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I, I might ask you it again, but you know, it's, a, it's an interesting question to ponder and contemplate. So, mm-hmm. all right. And we have come to the end of this haunting game of Word on the Nerd with Madeline Bitter, formerly at the reference desk at Peter White Public Library. And now that we have pulled some skeletons out of your closet, Madeline, I think it's time to get even more paranormal. Again, these are all clues to what we're talking about today. So, Madeline, why don't you give us the word? All right, Madeline, what subject are you trying to put us in contact with today? Well, everybody, we all know it's the advent of spooky month. Yes. So time to get your girls and your ghouls together and celebrate Mm -hmm. all things spooky and scary. So today I want to talk about ghost stories. Ghosts. Yes, yes. And if if you haven't figured that out yet, (laughs) since the beginning of this podcast, I don't know, you either you know, not really paying close attention or maybe you're drinking heavily. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so what do you want to talk about? What do you want to say about ghosts and share with us? Well, okay. So I want to talk about our own ghost experiences. I want to okay. have a little, a little story oh, session. Okay. And then I also have two books that I picked up at my local public library here in Bloomington. It's okay. called the Monroe County Public Library. It is excellent. They have tons of books. They have tons of programming. If you know anyone in the area and they're not already a user of that library, send them that way because it's awesome. I have to ask you, let's do a comparison. Compared to Peter White, how is uh, that library? I have to say, it's in a more, since Bloomington is bigger, Mm -hmm. it has a bigger user base. Right. So there's mm-hmm. just a lot more things going on because there's just simply more people. Okay. All right. Which is cool. They have a mm-hmm. big facility with a lot of different things going on in there. Uh, down in the kids section, there's like a part where you can stand on the stairs and look out. And it's just like an ocean of wow. children's picture books. It's really cool. So it's, wow. you know, it's a really great service for people in this community. And there's mm-hmm. so many different kinds people here in Bloomington so it's really cool that it's a meeting space for all those different kinds of communities they have like um English as a second language classes there they have repair days there they they just have a lot of stuff which is really really cool but you know Peter White always gonna have a special place in my heart and your heart love y'all all All right all right and, you know, wow. it does the same thing in Marquette as the library does here in Bloomington. It's a really great space for people to be exposed to different things, meet new people, go to amazing events mm. and programming. So it's the same, just on different scales, because the communities are just two different sizes. Well, and yeah, and here's my second question about the library that it doesn't have its own ghost, because supposedly Peter White Public Library has its own 
own ghost as well. Yes, you know, I haven't read anything about that particular building being haunted. But you know what? I should ask and then I'll come back and I'll tell you next time if there is a ghost there. You really should because, I mean, I've heard these these ghosts. Okay, here's a story of the ghost of, of, that's in Peter White, supposedly. You know, (laughs) I have never personally experienced anything um, like necessarily paranormal or weird in the library and I've done I'm there pretty late sometimes with programming I mean sometimes I'm leaving at like 9 nine thirty at night and most mm-hmm. people are gone by then and you know and I love Peter White it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous facility and everything but you turn out the lights in that place and you you're in there alone either really early in the morning or really late at night you hear things that just just, uh, kind of make you a little anxious. Well, here's a story. Um, It was um, Heather from uh, the development director um, was um, who uh, they do the the Peter White Public Library Friends of the Library book sale, right? You know, Mm -hmm. the book sale, right? Huge. They fill the community room with books and, you know, and people can come in. Um, well, and we just had one just a little while ago. So, um, and anyway, um, like, I think it wasn't this past time, but the time before that, um, uh, they had the book sale one, one day it went on and it was, it's usually like a three day thing. Like they have it one day, the next day. And then the last day they have like a bag sale where you can come in $5 or whatever. You get anything you want. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Heather um, was got to the library, um, like in the morning and was just going down to see how the, how the community room looked, you know, he straightened some books or whatever like that, make sure everything was in place for when the library opened and the book sale began again. And she goes down into the community room and literally all the books in the travel section are like on the floor in the, uh, on the floor from the table. So, oh my yeah. god! And, on, and only in the travel section. That's so weird. So, was it a ghost, or was there someone in the book sale the day before who just really <laughs> rifled through those books and left them in a very <laughs> precarious way? I don't know. Yeah. But there's there's a little Peter White Public Library possible ghost story. Ooh. So. But okay, let so uh, let's hear. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rack my brain to think of something ghostly in my my. But I want to hear some kind of ghost story from you. Okay, well I have a lot because I grew up in a haunted house. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean truly haunted house. Truly Ooh. haunted. Okay. Um, so I, if you don't, if I haven't said on the podcast before, I grew up in Southeast Wisconsin, mm-hmm. in an older neighborhood so the houses were you know a bit on the older side and there in my house before my parents moved in someone had died mm. in there before my family bought it and then so we moved they moved in um and they were ripping out my dad was in the basement and they were making a bunch of renovations on the house before everyone moved in and my dad was downstairs ripping out the old workbench that was attached to the wall. And this is where the previous owner of the house had actually died mm. sitting at that workbench. Okay. So he was busy pulling it out. And right. it was late at night one night and my dad's down there in the basement by himself, no one else is around. Mm-hmm. And he hears footsteps creaking down the stairs very mm. slowly. And he first they thought it was the family dog but the family dog was nowhere near the stairs mm-hmm. and my dad was home alone and he was like, okay, mm. not really sure what that is. And you know, that is my dad's way of admitting that he did hear or see a ghost because he is not the kind of person mm-hmm. to admit to seeing anything paranormal or unexplained. Right. So that was like the first instance of the house being haunted. Okay. My own experience I was like 11 or 12 and I was coming out of the bathroom and it was a cloudy day and 
our bathroom door faces all the way down the hallway to my parents' bedroom. Mm -hmm. And my parents' bedroom's door was open. And there was a window in front, like behind the door that was also open. The light was shining in. And I was coming out of the bathroom and I saw a shadow of a black cat run from my bedroom, which is next to the bathroom, go Mm. into my parents' bedroom. Mm. And when the cat darted in to my parents' bedroom, standing in the doorway of their room was a woman who was all black. Mm. She was darker than dark. Like she Mm. was darker than black. Like everything about her head to toe was like shadow. And I could see the skirt of her dress and her profile and her hair flare out behind her as she turned to look at me as I came out of the bathroom and then she was gone. Wow. So I had a black cat ghost and a woman, like a shadow woman, Mm. the same. And we don't own a cat. I never had a cat. So I'm not. Did you try to like investigate as to possibly who this figure what this figure was maybe I mean so the gentleman who lived before in the house his he was married and his Mm -hmm. wife died and you know it's Mm -hmm. an old house so you know so many people could have died Mm -hmm. in there or as owners of the house or shorter residences there Mm. so I have no idea who the woman is wow and you know every time I've engaged with a ghost in that house it's always been female Okay. But my mom has dealt with both a male and a, and female. a female. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, you know, you, you, you hear stories of people tell ghost stories, but the fact that the figure that you saw was so dark, like, like you mm-hmm. said, darker than dark, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, of course, we all associate that kind of thing with, and a black cat, for gosh sakes. I mean, that, <laughs> sounds, that sounds a little menacing to me, you know, something, yeah. you know. But um, okay, well, I thought I thought of two stories to tell you. <gasps> Yay, okay. do tell. Okay, so the first one, um, my sister, my sister Sally passed away in 2015. Okay, okay. she um, she passed away of lymphoma of the brain, and oh, um, yeah, and um, so um, my my sister, my my other sister, um, well, obviously it affected the family deeply. And um, so my other sister was just um, had been like thinking about it, praying for her, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, just asking for some kind of sign or something that she was okay, you know, that everything was fine. Um, And so um, one morning um, she woke up at like, I want to say like two, two o'clock in the morning or something like that. She, She doesn't really know what woke her up, right? And um, she she go, goes up, goes, goes to the bathroom. And when she comes back to the bedroom, her cell phone, uh, the face of her cell phone, which is dark, usually because, you know, cell phones go dark after you leave them there for a while. The, mm-hmm. fa- the, the cell phone is lit up. Oh. And um, she goes over to it. And the uh, the the picture you know how the picture that you normally have you know you can pick your own picture that you want up there the picture Mm -hmm. had changed (gasps) and it was a picture of my sister sally on her birthday um smiling and everything (gasps) so oh my gosh so that's i'm speechless i don't know what to say that is wild yeah so there there's one ghost story for you and my sister Bev has never changed that um that uh picture that is on there yeah she's she's left it up there so the other time was um my father died like in 2017 and um my and he had a he had a really nice desk in his Mm. in his bedroom that he shared with my mother and um my daughter who had just moved up into her little loft space that we had created for her in the um in the um attic um needed a a desk for um school you know and mm-hmm. so um she really liked no it wasn't a desk it was a dresser that's what it was she needed okay. a dresser because the one dresser that she had was 
from one that she um uh she one that she'd had since she was like whatever five or six you know it yeah. was a very kitty dresser right? <laughs> and there was this big big bureau that's what it was that my dad that all my dad's stuff had been in mm-hmm. so so um that my my uh my uh sisters said well why don't you take this dresser I mean um, we're not using it anymore. It's just full of dad's stuff. So they emptied out the dresser, right? And it was a big, heavy thing. And we we um we hauled it up the stairs, um, and um, you know, put it in there, um, put it in um Celeste's room and everything. So I was um I was home one day from work in the house by myself. Um, and this was before we even had a dog, um, mm-hmm. in the house. So I was at home, like sitting in the living room, and um, all of a sudden I start hearing footsteps, like back and forth in the attic, walking back and forth mm-hmm. in the attic. And I kind of sat there for a second, and I'm like, "No, my daughter's at school. Um, my wife is at work. My son is at school. Mm-hmm. What is up there?" Um, and, you know, there was a part of me that was like, do I open the door and like walk <laughs> up the stairs to see, yeah. you know, what do I do? And I sat there, um, gosh, it was for a long time. And then the footsteps stopped and it was in the afternoon. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm just hearing things or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like a couple nights later, I was in the house. It was at night this time. I don't even know. I think my daughter was at a dance lesson and maybe my son had gone with my wife to pick up um, my daughter um, from that dance lesson. So it must have been like 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I started hearing footsteps again upstairs. And and like and and I had never experienced this before. Uh, before they moved that dresser upstairs, we'd yeah. move that dresser upstairs, and so I sat there, and it kept on going for like five minutes or so, and so I was like, okay, you know what? I I went to the I so I went to the 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 steps where where that lead up to my daughter's bedroom. I opened the door to the bedroom, and it was dark up there, and mm. no lights were on, and I said, okay, Dad. I understand we have your dresser. We're going to take good care of it. So, you know, you can, you can just cut it out. All right. Just (laughs) relax. All right. We're not (laughs) going to do anything with your dresser. As soon as I said that, the footsteps stopped and (gasps) I never heard them again. Oh, (laughs) So there you go. Two stories for me. Those are good ones. <laughs> those are really good. I like those. Okay. Oh, I love the one with your sister too. That was so touching. Yeah. 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 I mean, the fact that, I mean, I mean, nobody else had touched that phone and yet that picture was like there. That's so, so sweet. Oh, yeah. okay. I love that. Okay. Both stories are really good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So now we've shared our own personal haunting stories. Let's hear about these books that you found that you All larger. right. So I, so since I've been in Indiana, I've been noticing a lot of really s- small, but creepy old graveyards that are just okay. everywhere you go. I love walking <laughs> through graveyards. Me I do. too. Me yeah. too. And Indiana has a ton of them. So mm-hmm. you know, you know what's always good walking when you yep. come across yep. an old country cemetery. So yep. I was looking, so that that being said, the <clears throat> section at the Monroe County Public Library has a very robust selection of books about Indiana scary stuff. All right. So okay. I have two of them right here. Okay. The first one, and probably my favorite, this is like my top fave that I found, was Haunted Bloomington, Indiana by Carla Wee, Car, sorry, Carla Lee Sweet. Okay. And this is like um more of personal accounts and detailed stories of hauntings at different places around Bloomington, a lot of it mm-hmm. having to take place at Indiana University. Okay. which is the big college there. So mm-hmm. obviously 
lots of ghost stories and stuff there. And my second one is Spooky Indiana. Here's the cover. Orange and black, very Halloween-y, over the garden wall kind of vibe to it. Mm. And this is retold by S.E. Schlosser, I think is how you pronounce their name. Okay. And these are stories retold. So they're kind of rewritten in more Mm -hmm. of a like storytelling fashion rather than the factual accounts in one is like one is like an uh, someone who actually went out and investigated and did stuff like that and the other one this is is more like creative writing right retelling and stuff so you kind of get to pick your flavor is the one the other one that's sort of creative writing but is it supposed to be true you know i believe so yes because a lot of the stories in this correlate with what's in haunted bloomington oh okay so they they, there's crossover yeah and in haunted indiana it goes outside of bloomington like there's Mm -hmm. this handy dandy little map right in the front where it gives you haunted attractions and sites that you can go to in like all the counties which Mm -hmm. i love because i love doing that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i really like that so I think I want to read you a story. Oh, okay. Because I really, some of these are just bananas, Marty. <laughs> so, okay. Let me find here. So there's one about <laughs> a girl chewing on a severed arm. Oh. Okay. Um, let's do a trigger warning for people. If you're a little squeamish about stuff like this, then you might want to fast forward to um, the uh, the off the shelf uh, section of yeah. this podcast. And this first one is the only really gross one, but this okay. one just made me pause what I was doing and just go, hold on, hold on. Now that is kind of wild. Okay. So this is called, this is in the Haunted Bloomington, Indiana by Carla Lee Sweet. Okay. And this is called Owen Hall and the Severed Arm. Mm. One of the more disturbing stories, even without the paranormal events, occurred in Owen Hall, which is one of the oldest buildings on campus. Originally, Owen Hall housed the School of Natural Sciences. Cadavers were often donated to the school to use in their classes, and a dumbwaiter was used to lift the bodies from the main floor to the upper floor the classrooms. Because of the small size of the dumbwaiter, the limbs would often get stuck in the shaft, which would then tear them off. It's said that instead of cleaning out the dumbwaiter, the limbs were left at the bottom where they fell. Perhaps it's the spirits who donated their cadavers to the university who continued to have a connection to the body parts left at the bottom of the shaft that creates the cold spots and moving or vanishing objects. However, The story gets more disturbing than torn, decaying limbs. A nursing student who is not liked by her peers due to her pretentious attitude was involved in a horrible prank gone morbidly wrong. Sometime in the mid-20th century, a group of students decided to play a nasty joke to the girl. The students took an arm from one of the cadavers and broke into the girl's dorm room. After one of the after tying the arm to one of the ceiling lights in her room, they fled outside and waited in the dark for the nursing student to arrive home. They waited as they watched her eventually enter the dormitory, expecting to hear to hear the girl's blood-curdling screams. They never came. After waiting for some time, the silence had become worrying to the group, so they made their way into the building and back to the dorm room. Instead of finding that student fainted, crying, or running down the hallway, they found her door open, her sitting on the ground with the severed severed arm in her own, rocking herself and gnawing on it. No accounts explain what happened to the girl, but it's probably safe to say that the cruel incident drove her to insanity. (laughs) You know, I I mean, it has all those elements of a really good ghost story. Uh-huh. Um, and that and possibly one of those like for a, a like um like a at a university like those tall tales that you yeah. know students tell each other about oh you live in that hall well uh-huh. let me tell you this story right definitely you know? all the trappings of a good urban legend and yeah, that one absolutely. was just 
I've never heard anyone talk about that one before. So I had to say it because it was that's, just really wild. That's that's a little creepy. I mean, I mean, at <laughs> our even in, in Marquette, I mean, at our at Northern Michigan University, there's uh, there's one hall that is supposed to be haunted. Um, so um, which major, one was that? Do you remember? Ma- majors Hall. Majors. Yeah, I remember Halverson being pretty oh, was it Halverson? Too. Was it Halverson? I think I it, was it was Halverson. Major. Okay, because I know that there was like one specific like dorm room that was supposed to be really yep. nobody wanted that dorm room. So I had a friend who lived in the hall where that dorm was, mm-hmm. and I guess the tradition was that the RA would make door decorations for everyone in the hall mm-hmm. would make one for that door too because if you didn't make one for that haunted room the ghost would get mad and it seemed oh. to placate them wow okay <laughs> all right well, so there you if you're a student from northern listening to this podcast halverson hall i still believe that halverson is standing i don't think they've torn that one down or replaced it I, so. yeah, i'm not sure i haven't kept track i know west is gone now so yeah. you know rest yeah, in west, peace. yeah west <laughs> is gone i mean they built some really beautiful new um, student housing, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you tear down those old buildings. Where do the ghosts go? Yeah, kind of, that's kind of sad. It is, and I wonder how much is the ghost attached to the building, or is it attached to the land underneath, or is it attached to the memory of the place? Yeah, that took place in it. Or if there's an object within that thing that they're attached to, and once it's gone. No, yeah. they're just gone. What would your be? What would your haunted object be if you had to pick one? Oh boy, that's a good one. Um, my haunted object have to be something that I'm really like attached to or really like. I here's the thing. Okay, so <laughs> if if I were to come back and let try to let people know that I'm present. It would probably be, because you've seen them, it would probably be one of my really nice fountain pens. <gasps> because people would know that if they found a fountain pen where it wasn't before, they would know that it was me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'd I think I'd want to haunt a painting. Ooh, a painting. Nice. Yeah. I love haunted art. Wow. I hadn't even thought about that. There's, But I have nothing like... I have no real artwork that I would consider to haunt. I love the idea of like a haunted portrait. Mm. Mm. Like the picture of Dorian Gray kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, Or uh, or how about this one? Since we're both like library nerds, how about a haunted (laughs) book? It falls Um, open. It falls open. It falls open to a specific page every time. That you would know. be, hmm. yeah. But what? Work. But the question is, what book would you choose to haunt? Mm-hmm. It would be for me. It would be some book of poetry, but I have no idea what book it would be. Yeah, I'm trying to think too. Oh, you know that's a good one. I have. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that, you know, kind of mushes in everything that I like, but I, I can't get that specific. <laughs> Maybe because I have several books because of my my uh, my book on Bigfoot that I've been working on forever. Yeah. Um, but maybe like a Bigfoot book that I would yeah. like haunt. Like an you know? encyclopedia of yeah. Bigfoot lore yeah. and phenomena. <laughs> exactly. I, I could do that easily. Absolutely. Oh, you know what? I think I'd like to haunt an old children's fairy tale book, oh, like a nice. Grimm's fairy tale with the old mm-hmm. illustrations. I think mm-hmm. that would be cool. That would be that would be pretty good. You Spooky know, vintage. Okay. okay, I'm gonna read one more story from okay. the haunted Indiana to round it out for people who don't like the severed arm stuff. So okay. there will be stories for everybody, and this one's pretty <laughs> short. So all right, all right. So this is called Dunn County and the Lady in Black. If there's one thing most IU students wouldn't expect to see at their university, it would be a cemetery, but it's there. Small, old, and surrounded by a low stone wall, Dunn Cemetery was established before Indiana University called this location home. 
Established by a farmer named George Grundy Dunn in 1855, the little cemetery was built in honor of his grandmother, Eleanor Brewster Dunn, and her two sisters, Agnes Nancy Brewster Alexander and Janet Brewster Irvin, who aided the U.S. Army during the Revolutionary War. The three sisters were buried next to each other under one large tombstone. The Dunn family moved from Virginia to Bloomington in the 1700s. The Dunn's family farmhouse once stood above what is now the location of the HPER building. So like hyper, but without mm -hmm. the word. Yep. Like most of Monroe County, this land was once farmland before it was ever a university. And it was typical for a family farm, family farm to have its own graveyard. George G. Dunn later became a U.S. congressman, and in 1884, his son Moses Dunn sold the 20 acres of land to the IU trustees. This was where IU started, in the 20 acres known as Dunn Woods, under the strict conditions within the deed. In order to secure and perpetrate to the descendants of Eleanor Dunn, Nancy Alexander, and Jane Irvin, who be buried within that plat of ground, and to those with whom they intermarry forever a place of private burial where they shall repose together as one family in the long night of death and rise up together as from one bed at the last of days. Mm. Indiana University has upheld this agreement since the request to have a burial in Dunn Cemetery is a rigorous process that with sorely needed documentation to prove direct ties to the original family. The trees that were included in the deed and that were to remain untouched are still alive and well. One stands inside the Dunn Cemetery and the other is inside the chemistry building, which has had to be built around the tree. Today, most students appear not to notice the Dunn Cemetery, which they walk by on their way to classes, as the graveyard sits at the heart at the crossroads of multiple sidewalks and buildings at the heart of campus. The crying of babies and children have been heard near this burial site at night, and they grow fainter as one approaches the cemetery's walls. An infamous ghost story stems from the D Dunn Cemetery and appeared in its first reference in a local newspaper issued sometime in 1911. The woman in black, although spotted more often outside the sample gates on Indiana Avenue, has been known to haunt this little burial ground. Who the spirit belongs to is a mystery. However, some have speculated that it belongs to one of the Brewster sisters, as she has been spotted gliding from tombstone to tombstone, perhaps tending to the spirits of the soldiers, just as she, as her, she and her two sisters had done during the Revolutionary War. During the day, the little cemetery is a peaceful, serene place, which looks stunning during the autumn when the leaves change from bright oranges and yellows to golds. Wow yeah that's so. kind of freaky um, a cemetery in the middle of the have you seen this cemetery yeah oh yeah i've walked past it a ton okay all right and, and it is it is creepy it's a nice little goth touch to the whole campus wow <laughs> all right so i think that you know um i think all good universities have those kinds of ghost stories about them i you agree know? i mean you, bloomington obviously has it I'm mm -hmm. Northern here in Marquette. I mean, you have Halverson Hall and supposedly the Forest Roberts Theater is pretty haunted as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've heard stories of that one as well. So, okay. Well, wow. This was really <laughs> good. I enjoyed this discussion. Yeah. Of, of, okay. Of, of ghosts. And Ghost I love the philosophy. The, the, you know, you know, you try people, you know, think of ghosts as really scary and sometimes I think most of the well actually most of the time I think that ghost stories are kind of sad because usually, usually the ghosts are attached to some kind of tragedy mm -hmm. you know where someone died too young or you know that in some kind of tragic accident or illness or something like that so um yeah um you know, do I believe in ghosts? I have, to, I mean, from my own personal experiences, I have to say, I believe there's some kind of, some kind of energy that um, possibly exists beyond, you know, beyond life in some way, shape or form, but. I agree with um, you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure what that energy is, whether it's like 
a spirit energy or if it's simply residual energy from some kind of real emotional um, mm -hmm. thing that's happened. So Yeah. And I think ghosts are kind of comforting to me because I think even if the ghosts are lost, I think it does kind of show that like nothing is ever lost. Yeah. Like things yeah. will, people and places and actions will always have an outwards ripple effect throughout mm. time and space. And I find that really interesting, comforting and scary at the same time, depending on what that applies to. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and well, yeah. and you think of, and you think of, you know, questions of string theory and um, mm -hmm. uh, alternate universes and things like that, which, you know, we can get into science too oh, about yeah. that <laughs> kind of thing. And, you know, whether, whether ghosts are simply, you know, alternate universes sort of breaking through into another universe or something like that. People are mm -hmm. probably listening to this going, Madeline and Martin have been drinking. That's yeah. what they're thinking. To the, we have, neither of us have had a drop of alcohol. No, um, it's not, October. This is on my mind a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, when you work like in a building or around buildings or places where you know, I mean, uh, Marquette is a, you know, has some pretty old buildings in it. Peter White Public Library being one of them. And mm -hmm. Bloomington obviously is, has been around a long time too. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And plus, you know, librarians like stories. We like yeah. stories and we like good stories. And, and most of the time we're history nerds too. So that also applies. Right. So you've yeah. got history, you've got a good narrative. Um, mm -hmm. sometimes you have someone gnawing on an arm, which, okay, you know, love that effect. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, that is the word on things that go bump in the night from Madeline, formerly at the reference desk. And now our roving library nerd reporter from Bloomington, Indiana. Before I let you disappear from this nerdly seance, Madeline, we have to do one more thing. We have to find out what book you've read recently that has been haunting you. So, Madeline, what title would you recommend people pick up? Off the Shelf. Madeline, what have you scared up for us today? So, this is not a scary book at all, but okay. I really have been enjoying White Teeth by Zadie Smith. White Teeth. I love Zadie Smith. Yeah, um, this is my first foray into any of her work. She's been mm -hmm. on my to-read list for literal ages, but what made me finally pick up the book is because in the sentence by Louise Erdrich, she mm -hmm. gives a bunch of reading lists right mm -hmm. at the end of the book. Yep, and that yep. title was on one of the lists. And I was like, you know, this is a sign I finally need to pick up and read this thing. And I have been really liking it. And I don't know what took me so long. You know, I, I do love I do love Zadie Smith. And it's so funny that um, you found and you picked White Teeth by Zadie Smith from the sentence by Louise Erdrich, because that book is literally a ghost story. Yeah. So, um, you know. <laughs> So there's the connection, everybody. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So White Teeth, is it um, essays? Is it short stories? What is it? I mean, it is a work of fiction. It mm -hmm. is like graded fiction because it flows in between different generations of families uh, in England. Okay. And it has a lot to do with the immigrant experience in England. Okay. So, right. and Zadie Smith's writing, obviously, as you know, is amazing. Amazing. I, she's yeah. so funny. I love her insights, her descriptions. I think she's so incredibly smart. And I love her characters. Even the characters that are like not likable because they're very, they're either weak or they make bad decisions. I still like mm -hmm. them because yeah. they really are. She makes them into full people that you feel mm -hmm. like you know and yeah. that you do come to care about. So, and I think her insights into the immigrant experience in a country that isn't America is really interesting to read about. Mm, yeah. And I think that she writes about that simply because I think her parents were immigrants in, yeah, in Great so. Britain. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's such an interesting writer. I mean, I think that that's like something that she really likes is are sort of like these 
books of interconnected linked stories, um, short mm -hmm. stories, where you could read, you could read just one of those stories in a book and it would be good and satisfying. But if you yeah. read all of them together, somehow they they are a dialogue with each other. Sometimes you have crossover characters mm -hmm. in the stories and um, they just sort of, it's almost like you're reading a novel, but each of the chapters are entities in and of themselves. So mm, um, that's a good I, way to put it. Yeah, it just um, it's it's and and Zadie Smith is like you said. I mean, her writing is fantastic. She's yeah. she's so good. Um, so okay, well, um, there you go. Um, White Teeth by Zadie Smith, recommended by Madeline and Louise Erdrich. So yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. There you have it, fellow library nerds. Madeline Bitter's recommendation of a book that you should go to the library and pick up off the shelf. And we have reached the end of this ghostly episode of Library Nerds with Words. I want to thank guest nerd superstar Madeline Bitter, formerly from the reference desk at Peter White Public Library, now haunting the library scene in Bloomington, Indiana for stopping by Haunted Nerd Central today. Come back next week when I will be welcoming back to the podcast Heather Steltonpole, Development Director here at Peter White, who might have a few ghost stories herself that she could tell. Yay! So, um, all right. Well, until that time, everyone, stay nerdy. Thank you for listening to Library Nerds with Words. Peter White Public Library's weekly podcast, giving you the word on what's cool at the library. The theme for the podcast is Happy Clappy by John Bartman, used courtesy of Pixabay. This episode was written and produced by Martin Ackett and sponsored by Peter White Public Library. Until next week, pick up a good book, listen to some good music, watch a good movie, attend a great event. And remember, library nerds are the coolest people around.